Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, we'll take a pause from the NCAA tournament conversation just for a few minutes. And let's look at what went down in the NBA here on Sunday. The Pacers beat the Blazers 129-98. Portland losing big once again. This team is just giving up on the season. Uh, And it's a shame because they were very close to the play-in spot. And with the Lakers playing as poorly as they've played, really Portland's only a couple of wins away from getting into the the play-in situation. But this is a team that has just won one game in their last 10. And in fact, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. They are 1 and 11 in their last 12 games. And they're being outscored by, you want to talk about margin, it's embarrassing, the margin that they are losing by. And on Monday, they will be 7-point dogs to the Pistons, a team that is going for their 15th straight win against the spread or 14-0-1, depending on one of those games you could have got a push. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Pistons as a seven-point favorite against the Blazers playing the second of a back-to-back where they're just an embarrassing team to watch. Anyway, Pacers get the win 129-98 to over the Blazers. Grizzlies bounce back from their loss over the weekend. They win 122-98 in a rout of the Rockets. Uh, Desmond Bain, 24 points in that game. Pelicans, a 117-112 win over the Hawks. I believe that snaps a uh, nice winning streak for the Hawks at home, which was, I believe, seven straight games at home. Let's count them. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yes, uh, I believe it was seven straight wins at home or six straight wins at home. And uh, that gets snapped with the Pelicans going into Atlanta and winning that game. Magic beat the Thunder 90-85. to uh, In overtime, it was the Suns over the Kings, 127-124. Jazz beat the Knicks at the Garden, 108-93. That snaps a nice streak for the Knicks where they had covered in seven straight games. The Celtics go into Denver. This was a pick that we gave out last week on the show, looking ahead to the weekend. Uh, Celtics beat the Nuggets 124-104. Jason Tatum, 30 points as Boston continues to shine. Boston has won eight of their last 10 games, three 
straight wins. They are tied with the 76ers right now, three and a half games back of the Miami Heat, who are in first place in the Eastern Conference. The Raptors beat the Sixers, speaking of Philly, 93-88. And the Spurs defeated the Warriors at the gun, or buzzer, uh, 110-108. Draymond Green ejected in this game after getting two technical fouls. So taking a look at Monday's schedule, Pelicans are in Charlotte to take on the Hornets, and the Hornets are five-and-a-half-point favorites. The Lakers are in Cleveland to face the Cavs, and the Cavs are a six-point favorite. Uh, Cleveland has won two straight. The Lakers, meanwhile, have lost uh, They lost their last game uh, after snapping a losing streak. They have won just three games of their last ten. Got to imagine, though, LeBron against the Cavaliers in Cleveland going to want to put on a show and uh, really have a good performance in this one. I believe... The last time uh, that these teams played, it was against the Cavs earlier in October, so earlier in the season. Um, LeBron had 26, and it was a 113-101 Lakers win. But now LeBron goes to Cleveland, and the Cavs here are six-point favorites over the Lakers. I mentioned the Blazers-Pistons game as the one that I will be on, taking the Pistons minus the seven. Uh, Miami goes to Philadelphia to take on the Sixers, an important game in the Eastern Conference standings. If Philly has wants any chance uh, over the next uh, you know final couple of weeks of the season here to really get a shot at that one seed, uh, Philly is a one-point favorite over the Heat. It's the second in a row, second of a back-to-back for Philadelphia after losing to the Raptors. Joel Embiid, 21 points, 13 rebounds, and two assists. And I'll be honest, probably going to be on Miami in this one. Uh, You know, taking the one point or just thinking that Miami's going to get the win against the Sixers. These two teams played um, in Miami a couple, like a week ago, week and a half or something like that. And the the Miami Heat won rather easily, 99-82 to over the Sixers. Uh, The Jazz will be in Brooklyn to take on the Nets. Brooklyn is a one-point favorite. Not sure how I feel about this, even though it is the second of a back-to-back for the Jazz, who just went into Madison Square Garden and came away with a big win against the Knicks. Uh, The Nets, for me, though, are, are only a play when they're on the road when Kyrie's playing, so... Don't know if I'll be on them here against the Jazz at the Barclays Center. Raptors will be in Chicago to take on the Bulls. Bulls are four-point favorites in this one. DeRozan against his former team. We'll see what he does. Uh, Wizards against the, well, you know, it's been a while. He was obviously in San Antonio uh, after um, Toronto. But you never know. These teams still hold a, a place near and dear to your heart. Uh, Taking a look now at the Wizards against the Rockets. The Wizards would be the swagger play from Dave Tooley, who uh, likes to tell us about these uh, plays where a team snaps a long losing streak, like a six-game losing streak. They win, they snap their losing streak, and you back them in their following game. So the Wizards just snapped a six-game losing streak by beating the Lakers 127-119. Now you back them here after snapping that that losing streak, and they are five-point favorites against 
the lowly Houston Rockets. The Rockets, who are playing the second of a back-to-back after getting blown out by the Grizzlies on Sunday. Uh, Elsewhere, the Celtics will be in OKC against the Thunder. And I bring this up every time the Thunder play. The Thunder are the second-best team in the NBA in covering the number. Uh, They're 13.5-point dogs. The Celtics uh, on Sunday were able to pick up a win against the Nuggets in Denver, 124-104. to And the Thunder were in Orlando against the Magic. They lost by five. So both teams played on Sunday, and uh, both teams dealing with travel issues. Uh, well, not issues, but both teams dealing with travel. Um, hard to see what the who to like in this one. A lean OKC just taking that many points. And then the Timberwolves, who have been probably hotter than anybody in the NBA right now, as they've won nine of their last ten games, are in Dallas against the Mavericks, and Dallas is a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Minnesota has a four-game winning streak, second only to uh, the Suns, who have won five straight. The Hornets have also won four straight games, but nine and one in their last ten is the best record over the last ten games in the NBA for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Dallas comes into this game, losers of two straight, losing to the Sixers and to the Hornets. So might lean towards Minnesota, as the underdog in this game uh, against the Mavericks in Dallas. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Taking a look at these standings in the NBA. Miami, first place in the Eastern Conference by three games now over Milwaukee. Uh, The Bucs lead the Sixers and the Celtics by just a half a game for the two seed. Chicago's two games back of Boston for the 4-5. Chicago just a half game up, though, on Cleveland for the 5-6. Toronto just one game back of Cleveland for the 6-7, meaning Toronto is extremely motivated to get themselves out of this play-in situation. So as long as they can catch up to Cleveland, they're only one game back, there's a chance that those standings might flip-flop and Toronto can get into the playoffs as the sixth seed, does not have to worry about a play-in situation against the Brooklyn Nets in that 7-8 matchup. In the West, the Suns have it uh, as the one seed. Memphis is a game and a half up on Golden State for the two. Warriors are two games up on the Jazz for the three. Jazz are two games up on the Mavericks for the four. Dallas is a game and a half up on Minnesota for the five. Minnesota and Denver are currently tied for the 6-7. Minnesota has the tiebreaker, so they're currently the 6th seed. But Minnesota and Denver will in a battle for the 6 to avoid being in the play-in round. Clippers pretty firm there as the 8. New Orleans and the Lakers are tied for the 9-10. Right now, New Orleans has the tiebreaker advantage. So they are the 9. The Lakers are the 10. And the Lakers are 2.5 games up on the San Antonio Spurs for the 10 and 11. Can the Spurs win some games, threaten the Lakers for that 10 seed? And will LA continue to fall? 
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun! Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. They've just been awful. They continue to lose games. Here are the remaining games for the Lakers. At Cleveland, they're underdogs. At home against Philly, they'll be underdogs. At New Orleans, could be close. At Dallas, they'll be dogs. At Utah, they'll be dogs. Home against New Orleans, they'll be favored. Home against Denver, they'll be dogs. At Phoenix, they'll be dogs. At Golden State, they'll be dogs. Home against OKC, they'll be favored. At Denver, they'll be underdogs. So, they are predicted, or I'm predicting them to lose the majority of their remaining games as just based off the point spreads. There's a real chance the Lakers don't even make the play-in spot. And wouldn't that be something? I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, welcome in our very own Dan Leach, host of the Detroit City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers for us here on VSIN. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the look ahead on the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Take another shot at March Mania Moolah with the KFC Second Chance Survivor Pool. Make winning picks throughout the tournament to claim your share of $20,000. Head to DraftKings.com slash KFC March Mania now to join the action. KFC, it's finger licking good. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, joined now by the host of the Detroit City Cast for us, presented by Bet Rivers, and of course, the host on 97 won the ticket. He is Dan Leach, who has been so successful here with the NCAA tournament, he may never leave Vegas. 
Dan, when are you moving in? Yeah, basically, the, the Mirage just offered me like a room for life. I'm just gonna take up, take up the offer. And, you know, we get to hang out and just stay in Vegas. Why not? <laughs> well, it has been a, uh, a a profitable weekend for you here in town. Capped off by Arizona winning in overtime. What did you make of the bizarre ending to that game? Did you think a foul should have been called on the on the final play? How does the guy not shoot a layup when the clock is in front of his face instead of going for a dunk? Just a bizarre ending to what was a great game. Well, I'm a total clown because that closed out a huge parlay. I had Purdue, Moneyline. I had an under the Warriors Spurs game with no Curry. That was a lot fast. And then Arizona money line. Listen, that that end of the game scenario was one of the craziest you'll see. And I get that people are, I was fighting with someone on Twitter about this. I get that people are furious about the non-call there. It was a little floppy, a little sock rest too, but that was a foul. Sure, because they called a foul. They were letting them play. Obviously, you, you make a layup. You don't dunk the ball as time has expired. So that was crazy. But it goes back to what I've been saying about Arizona. Much like Michigan, which I don't want to get to. Arizona might not always play their best, but they're a great team. And in the end, when TCU had like, what, it seemed like 16 guys had career highs. Everything was going TCU's way. They're playing a perfect game. Arizona finds a way to get the job done. So, yeah, it was definitely controversy stuff, but I'm not going to go crazy about the officials. I, I'm an a Michigan fan. When J.C. Barrett is still short in that Michigan-Ohio State game, I never complained about it. Don't let the refs take it away from you. You go out there and win the game. Stop blaming the officials. Arizona got it. It was a great game, though. All right, let's talk about the Wolverines. Uh, impressive victory against Tennessee. They were trailing with about six minutes left and were able to turn it on there at the end. And now they match up with Villanova. How? Do, what does Michigan have to do, Dan, in order to beat this Wildcats team? Well, first off, you know revenge is a dish best served cold. It's a revenge game for the title game a few years back. So I'm excited about that. But Michigan just couldn't do anything right. What they have to do is they've got to play Michigan basketball against Purdue, Michigan basketball against Michigan State recently, obviously against Tennessee. Michigan is capable. We talked about this in the past. If they play their optimal best, they can beat anybody in the country. They were one of the most underachieving teams for much of the year. They've got a guy in Hunter Dickinson who's an all-American type player, dominates the post both sides. The problem is, Scott, I'm worried about Jones. Devontae Jones, the guard, concussion issues, only had two points in the game, played 11 minutes in the win over Tennessee. He's, he's a major factor if he can't play or can't be effective. And then Houston. Houston is so capable of taking over games. Had back-to-back 20-point games recently for the Wolverines, big wins for them, but had zero points. It was over in the win over Tennessee. So there's a good and a bad. The bad is they, those two guys have got to be better. At least in Jones plays, he's got to be better. If not, Houston's got to be better. The good is Michigan beat Tennessee with those two guys not doing much. So you've got Eli Brooks. You've got the ability to hit threes, obviously, with guys like Brooks and guys like Jones if they're, they're making their shots. You've got Diabate who can be a, a pest on defense. You've got Dickinson who can take over the game. You've got, you know, Williams, who came off the bench and played great against Tennessee. There's all these moving parts that make Michigan very, very tough to beat. The problem is Villanova's got four of their five starters averaging double figures. They can shoot the lights out. They can turn you over. And personally, Villanova's a better team. Does that mean Michigan's not going to beat them? Of course not. But this is going to be a classic kind of 
in-your-face, scrappy-type game. Whoever can hit their shots is going to win it. I feel pretty good about the five right now. I, I predict the line to be around five for Villanova. I like the Wolverines to cover it. They might not win the game, but this is what it's all about. If you can get the revenge against Villanova, my 30-to-1 bet that I made a month or so ago when the Wolverines get to the Final Four might be cashed out after that win. All righty. Well, let's talk about the other team in the Big Ten that's, a, that's still alive, and that is Purdue, who will face the Cinderella story here. St. Peter's, the 15th seed, getting to the Sweet 16. Should Purdue be concerned here, or do you see another Purdue-Yale matchup like we had in the first round? Scott, if you can explain to me how St. Peter's, Paul and Mary, beat Kentucky <laughs> and beat Murray State in back-to-back games, as a 15th seed in one of the worst conferences in the country. And I'm not taking anything away from those kids. They played great, but I really think Kentucky played bad, and Murray State just lost their mind. So should Purdue be worried? No. But in the same breath, yes, because St. Peter's is in this week 16, beating two really, really good teams. I think Purdue's biggest issue is, for whatever reason, Matt Painter teams seem to play really bad against the good teams, but really good against the bad teams. And I, I would be much less worried about this matchup than if it was Kentucky or someone else out of here for Murray State. So I think Purdue, based on what they did against Texas earlier today, is going to be enough to take down this miracle St. Peter's squad. St. Peter's on St. Patrick's Day. I don't know. I don't know how they're still in there, but I feel pretty good about Ivy and Purdue having enough to, to kind of make some distance in the first half and maybe even run away with the game. As we see Austin Scott in the Sweet 16, you know, teams that get there, they're not supposed to be there. They get blown out in that Sweet 16 game. It's a totally different animal. So I feel pretty confident Purdue's going to win that game. Not, don't love the spread. It's 12 points is crazy, but I think Purdue's going to win it fairly comfortably. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. This does seem like a Purdue blowout win, and then Purdue yeah. losing by double digits against the winner of North Carolina UCLA. Absolutely. That's the way it feels. Well, to be honest, if it's North Carolina, I'd be more concerned if it was UCLA because I think you say it would beat them. It'd be a closer game. But yeah, that's the way these things kind of go. The, the Cinderella, for the most part, gets blasted in the Sweet 16 against a better team. And that team gets blasted in the Elite Eight against a team that maybe is close, you know, as far as talent-wise with them. So it's Purdue's going to win this game, but I don't feel great about Purdue after that. All right, let's talk NBA here. The Pistons now have made it 14 oh, yeah. straight against the spread or 13-0-1, depending on the number that you got in that Clippers game where it closed as four, so they pushed that one. And uh, they got the, the the cover on Saturday night by a no-pointless three-pointer. Not pointless for me because I backed the Pistons. Uh, so they covered at the buzzer. Now they're laying seven at home against a Blazers team that just loves to lose games by 30 points, playing the second of a back-to-back. How could we not hammer the Pistons, Dan? We've discussed this ad nauseum in the best way possible. How can you not continue until something crazy happens in the sky falls, not take a team that has covered 14 straight at the stand? <laughs> and the Blazers, God, the Blazers are maybe, I'm sorry about a very sharp, Handicap for a friend of mine, the guy that won the West game this year, my man Seal. He said the Blazers might be the worst team in the history of the NBA. Obviously, a ton of injuries, so this isn't their full squad. But Detroit's played really well for the last, I would say, month and a half at Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. After, for the most part, the first two and a half plus months of the season, played terrible at home, much better on the road. They were a great cover team on the road, never covered at home. Believe me, I was there too many times to realize that. So, in this situation, 
I know it's crazy the Pistons are laying seven and a half against anybody other than a high school team, but you've got to take the Pistons. They're going to win this by 23. I mean, it's it's the Pistons at LCA against the G League squad at best. I'm laying the points, making 15 in a row. That's five three-pointers and now pointless ones. Absolutely. And then on Wednesday, I believe, they're home against the Hawks. If they're catching any points, we're hammering them again, going for 16 straight covers, Dan. Yeah, my guess is it would be probably Atlanta minus three. Take every point possible. They didn't even <laughs> take the money line. They'll win that game outright. They'll trade under 12 points again. Let's go. Uh, I love it. I love it. And then we got Detroit action on Tuesday. Dylan Larkin and the Wings take on the Flyers. Uh, we got to go Red Wings because the Flyers are just pitiful this year. Yeah, not only are they pitiful. How can we not talk about my man Mo Sider and Lucas Ray? Everybody loves Lucas Raymond. You know, two rookie of the year candidates. Dylan Larkin, as you mentioned, plays some great hockey. He's been kind of the unsung hero. He's like, you know, the captain for a reason, but those other guys have had some great moments offensively and defensively. Larkin's been the glue, and that's what you want it to be. And the Red Wings, you know, this is not the year for us to kind of get excited about them. It's about the next two or three years. But I do believe with all this talent being stockpiled by Steve Eiserman, after 25 straight years in the playoffs, the really doldrum of the past few, next year, the year after, Wings could be a playoff team, and then, dare I say, maybe back to a cup contender. Oh, baby. Love it. Dan, appreciate the time. Uh, Safe travels back. Or if you're staying here, well, glad to have you back. Glad to have you here. (laughs) We'll talk soon. Always a pleasure. (laughs) I'm I'm off to the the club, and then I'm staying here forever. There he is. Dan Leach, host of the Detroit CityCast for us here at VEASAN, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Scott Satterberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VEASAN. VSIN, the sports betting network. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup, like the Breakfast Baconator, Croissant Combos, and Hot or Cold Coffee. And, like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends oven baked sizzling bacon. Fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Left off talking with Dan about uh, the Red Wings. Let's get into a little hockey here and uh, look at what went down on Sunday. Flyers beat the Islanders 2-1. Stars over the Capitals 3-2. Rangers uh, 2-0 win over the Hurricanes in Carolina. And yes, it was Georgiev in net and he pitched a shutout. That is just uh, good news for the Rangers. And Rangers are now three points back of the Hurricanes for the Metropolitan Division. This was a bet that uh, someone, uh, I forgot who, had told us, uh, maybe Minty, uh, had told us that was a a nice plus money bet here on the division winner, Rangers, to win the Metropolitan. Right now, it's 7-1. to Rangers to win the Metropolitan Division. As I mentioned, they are three points back of Carolina, and they are tied with the Penguins, who are also three points back 
of Carolina. Uh, elsewhere, you had the Jets over the Blackhawks, 6-4. Sharks beat the Coyotes, 4-2. Sabres in overtime over the Canucks, 3-2. Let's take a look at the schedule on Monday. It's a short schedule, just four games. The Bruins are at the Canadiens. Boston is minus 240 with a total of six. Montreal, 8-0-1 to the over in their last nine games. Yes, they were eight straight overs in Montreal Canadiens games. Their last game, a 5-1 victory over Ottawa. The total was set at six, so that was a push. Still, 8-0-1 to the over in their last nine games. The only way I'm looking to play this game is the over six. Montreal's been scoring. They've also been giving up goals. Boston's been scoring. They're not giving up as many goals, but I do think Boston gets the win in Montreal. I'm not laying the 240. I don't like the puck line either, but I do think this game goes over six. So I'm going to take the Canadians and the Bruins over six as the Montreal over train continues. Vegas is playing some good hockey as of late. The Knights have won two straight wins over the Panthers and the Kings. So it's not like they're uh, pushovers, the teams that they are beating. They are going into Minnesota where the Wild are minus 160. Minnesota has won two straight games against the Bruins and the Blackhawks. Uh, In the standings right now, Minnesota is in third place in the Central Division. However... They are tied with Nashville at 76 points, meaning that uh, Nashville can easily slide into that three spot and Minnesota can drop into a wild card spot. Minnesota, though, is just one point back of St. Louis for the two spot in the Central Division. Vegas, meanwhile, is on the outside looking in. Yes, if you look at the wild card standings in the Western Conference, oh, Vegas is actually, they are the second wild card because Dallas is 71 points. So Vegas is just a point up on Dallas for the second wild card in the Western Conference. So you got a team that both teams need the win here. This should be a tightly contested game. And I'm actually going to look at the goal, the puck line here, and I'm going to take Vegas plus a goal and a half at minus 165. I wouldn't play it anything higher than that. And maybe do a parlay piece. Take Vegas plus a goal and a half at minus 165 and parlay it with uh, somebody else. Uh, And that somebody else could be maybe the Colorado Avalanche. Colorado is at home against Edmonton. Colorado is minus 200. We know how great they are at home. Colorado with 93 points is three points up on the Panthers for the race for the President's Trophy. They're they're a lock for the uh, Central Division and a lock for the one seed in the Western Conference. Calgary is uh, nine points back of them. So, yeah, they could still chase them down, but it is unlikely. At home this year, Colorado, 24-3-3. Yes, take the three overtime losses. That is 24-6 this year on home ice that is the best record actually florida is 26 and 6 so 24 and 6 the best record in the western conference on home ice uh and they're right behind the panthers who are 26 and 6 on home ice so i would look to back colorado here against edmonton edmonton though is red hot they have won five straight games so maybe 
you look at this spread here, Edmonton plus a goal and a half is only minus 135. That would be a way that I would look to play this or over six and a half, which is at minus 125 right now. For Edmonton, they're past several games, okay? They have had one, two, three, four, five, six overs in their last eight games. Actually, six in their last eight games, yes. Six overs in their last eight games. The two games that did not go over, they beat the Lightning 4-1. to one. So there was five goals in that game, one goal away from pushing the total of six. And they lost to the Flames 3-1 to one in Calgary. So only two games in their last eight have failed to go over. They are scoring. McDavid's scoring. Dreisaitl is scoring. Uh, I like Edmonton and Colorado to go over. As far as Colorado goes, you know how good they're at home. Uh, but the way that this Edmund team has been playing, like I said, winners of five straight, I don't know if I could back um, Colorado at that price. I actually might look at Edmonton on the puck line. Uh, maybe it's a one-goal game. Maybe they lose just by one. So that is certainly certainly an intriguing matchup. And then the Predators and the Ducks. That is your nightcap. Nashville is minus 160. Nashville right now, as I mentioned, they're in possession of the first wild card in the Western Conference, but they're tied with Minnesota for the third spot in the Central Division, just a point back of St. Louis for the two spot in the Central Division. They've won six of their last 10 games. Meanwhile, Anaheim is just in a complete freefall. The Ducks have lost six straight games. And I just... uh, you know, they trade away Hampus Lindholm, and it just feels now that Anaheim is in a rebuild here now. They get a couple of draft picks from Boston, and this is a team that has traded off a couple of players. Um, last week, Josh Manson goes to Colorado. Um, and now they trade Lindholm, so six straight losses. Doesn't seem like Anaheim is going for it, but they still have the young talent that scares you, right? They still have guys like Trevor Zegras that can score, and, and they are at home. I like Nashville. They're the better team. They're favorites for, the re- for a reason. They're in better form as of late. Uh, and, yeah, having a team going up against a team that has lost six straight, I just don't know how. I don't know how I could back the Ducks. These two teams played uh, about a week or so ago, and the Nashville won 4-1 to one in Nashville. So maybe it's going to be seven straight losses for the Anaheim Ducks. Six straight. That's tough. It's tough. I don't want to bet against them, but six straight losses is hard to ignore. And the team is clearly just not playing good hockey as of late. And the trades do have a negative effect on on the players around them. It has a a negative effect in the locker room that the team feels, all right, well, we're just not, uh, we're not exactly going for it here. 
And, uh, you know, a couple of losses here. They've been close in some games. They lost in a shootout to the Devils. Uh, lost in overtime to the Rangers. But a 3 nothing shutout loss to the Panthers. And now taking on Nashville, who is in a playoff push, needs the win. Uh, I would go Nashville here, minus the 160. Um, maybe a parlay piece with uh, that Vegas puck line could be interesting. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter, at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Get back into the NCAA tournament coming up next. Talk about all the storylines for these Sweet 16 games and find out which one is the most intriguing. And also take a look at the underdogs and see who is most likely to win a game outright. Or will the chalk prevail? As the saying goes, upsets early, chalk late in the NCAA tournament. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Bontobel, and Tim Murray, They'll have insights on every key team, conference, and player to watch from the favorites to the Cinderella's. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VSIN through the end of the tournament, April 5th, for only $19 at vsin.com slash madness. We'll get back into the madness in about 15 minutes or so, but let's talk NFL as we had a big move being made. Deshaun Watson changes course, accepts the trade, to the Cleveland Browns. Let's welcome in Benjamin Brown. No, I did not plan this uh, for the Browns and Brown to be on the show, but Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus joins me here on the look ahead. And you know what's crazy, Ben, is that the Browns are the favorite to win the AFC North. And, and of course, it has to do... Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. -O. 
smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. With the quarterback upgrade, which uh, even though we haven't seen Watson play in a year, he still is an upgrade over Baker Mayfield. I don't agree with it. I'm not going to play it. I'm going to go with the no for the Browns to win the division. I'm going to look to back maybe the Baltimore Ravens. But what do you make of the Browns as the favorite in this division with Watson under center? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, looking at their 2021 season, everyone would, everyone had Baker Mayfield as, you know, the sole reason for why they couldn't actually uh, get up to expectations. I think guys two through 53 on that roster were uh, potentially the best in the NFL. So it really was the quarterback position uh, in saying that uh, pretty drastic, too drastic of a move. In my opinion, I think they moved up like a 17%, 18% applied probability to win the division up to plus 175. And uh, I don't think that's baked in. Uh, the consideration that Watson is going to be suspended, uh, mm. that there's definitely going to be, you know, a little bit of a learning curve. I mean, I know people are excited with Amari Cooper, but uh, they definitely need a secondary wide receiver option as well in this offense uh, before they're really going to be any sort of, you know, being able to kind of compete with, I think, like everybody else in the AFC that also has gotten better. Uh, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals have, um, you know, basically rounded out their offensive line unit, have three or five new stars already, depending on what they're going to do in the NFL draft. Baltimore, like you mentioned, uh, is going to be better, was basically the most injured team in the NFL last year. A lot of those guys coming back. I do like the Marcus Williams signing for them at safety. So I'm with you. I was on the Ravens earlier at a worse number. So I think at plus 225, uh, I can definitely get involved again. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I wouldn't be surprised. Lamar, comeback player of the year candidate as well because he only played what 10 11 games last season so that will be something to look out for as well i might be all over the ravens coming up here this season uh the browns uh you mentioned the possibility of watson being suspended they do bring in jacoby Brissett as his backup so if Brissett has to start the first couple of games of the season how do how do the browns make out with him at, at quarterback I mean, I still think it's going to be difficult. We've seen Brissett fill in at certain spots and be, you know, mildly successful as a pretty decent backup quarterback. But uh, he is he is not the upgrade over Baker Mayfield that, you know, everyone is assuming that Deshaun Watson is. So I think it's going to be difficult, especially with, you know, a tough division schedule, tough AFC schedule as well. Uh, if they start off, you know, two and four, uh, they're going to be playing from behind the eight ball again here in 2022. So uh, and it, and, it, and it's, it's, it's a tall task to ask, you know, Watson. It's a tall task to ask like a Russell Wilson type uh, to, you know, seamlessly fit into these offenses of course we have seen veteran quarterbacks capable of doing it the past two seasons and Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford but uh, there's been very limited success outside of that especially in the first season so uh, I'm I'm not expecting them to hit the ground running and if that happens uh, they're going to be probably too little too late I would say at the end of the season so uh, I, I like the Browns fade here quite a bit and I think it's going to be pretty popular heading into 2022 where does Baker end up that's a good question. I I mean, the Colts absolutely have to do something at quarterback, right? Their team set up to win now outside of the quarterback position. I thought Matt Ryan was uh, probably a really good fit 
for that situation. Uh, it sounds like he's probably going to stay in Atlanta. So Baker Mayfield probably ends up there. Uh, I know a lot of people want to put Seattle with some sort of quarterback. I do think they end up drafting somebody. Uh, maybe they can bring somebody along in to compete as well. But uh, I don't think the the Baker Mayfield market is all that robust right now. So he might have to take you know some sort of prove it opportunity here uh, and compete for a starting job is kind of my expectation right now. The Rams trade Robert Woods to the Titans. Did this move surprise you considering, you know, Odell Beckham Jr.'s injury status? And and I believe he's a free agent as well. Yeah, he is the free agent. He's probably the, you know, marquee wide receiver free agent now available. Of course, they did get Allen Robinson. I would, you know, venture to say uh, is probably an upgrade over both Odell Beckham Jr. and Robert mm. Woods. Uh, much different receiver than Robert Woods obviously is. But uh, I think Robinson's going to kind of flourish uh, as the number two receiver in that offense. Then, of course, they do still have Van, Van Jefferson, who's uh, been, you know, somewhat of a, you know, their deep threat option and nothing more here. But I think he's going to continue to emerge as well. So I like the Robinson sign, and I think they probably didn't get enough return uh, for Robert Woods. But outside of Christian Kirk, I think, you know, the wide receiver market and pre agency has been uh, probably a little bit underwhelming, underwhelming from a player's perspective. So, uh, you know, fifth, sixth round pick for Woods. Uh, I, I like the play from the Titans. With all the moves made in the AFC West, who's the top team in your mind right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I do still think the Chiefs, uh, you know, are, you know, the favorite. I think, you know, at, you know, plus 150 price, they moved out to plus 175 for a little bit. I think that's a decent value on them. Uh, kind of mentioned a little bit before about the Broncos, you know, breaking in a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new quarter, quarterback. I don't expect them uh, to be all that efficient early on uh, with Russell Wilson at quarterback. So I think they're definitely overvalued, uh, but I like what the Chargers have done, right? From from an analytics perspective and everything else, uh, they're pressing the edge that they have with Justin Herbert on a rookie deal, bringing in some marquee players along the defensive side of football. And I do think, you know, with Brandon Staley, uh, that's definitely been, you know, that's kind of where he came up, right? Defense coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. So I think their defense could be one of the best in the NFL if Justin Herbert does continue to kind of build on, you know, his prior two season performances, uh, they're going to be a really difficult out for anybody. So uh, at their current price, I also think the Chargers uh, are probably the best value in the AFC still. Yeah, Chargers 16 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Devontae Adams in Vegas now, uh, how much does that boost up the Raiders? It, it definitely helps. Right? I do think, you know, if the Raiders uh, kind of want to be all in and compete with these teams in the AFC West. This was by far the best move that they could potentially make. Uh, bringing in Devontae Adams, the legitimate number one receiver. The question is, are they capable of actually competing in the AFC West, even with Devontae Adams? And I, I, I'm, I'm not too bullish on that fact. I do think, you know, Adams changes things for him, but uh, it still comes down to, is Derek Carr uh, capable of playing like a top five quarterback? And I think maybe at his ceiling uh, in the best of situations, that's, possible but uh given the state of you know the rest of the conference the rest of the division that they're going to be facing off really difficult schedule uh with finishing second last year i think they have the patriots and the saints uh on you know those non-conference games so i think that is going to be uh probably the detriment to them i do think that they end up finishing last in the afc west so uh you know bold move but i i don't think it puts them in the realm of possibility to actually be contending for the afc west crown what are the chances that we see Tyrod Taylor play for the Giants this season? I would say it's I would say it's pretty good, um, to be honest with you. I thought that would be, you know, Tyrod Taylor's obviously floated around the league quite a bit, been somewhat successful again as a backup quarterback. But uh, I think 
the Giants would make sense uh, to bring Baker Mayfield in and have him compete with Daniel Jones as Ooh. opposed to Tyrod Taylor. But I think, yeah, I, I think we're going to see Tyrod Taylor uh, play at least the latter half of the season. If they don't do anything else at the quarterback position, uh, this is this is going to be the last year for Daniel Jones, I would say, as at least being, you know, an, uh, the assumed and effective starter. Uh, for the New York Giants. So I, I think the dream is dead, unfortunately, for the Giants. <laughs> you know, I was looking at uh, the Giants and and really the Eagles and the Commanders because I wanted to place a long shot to win the Super Bowl, but uh, the Carson Wentz news completely just took me off of the Commanders. So it's either the right. Giants or the Eagles, and I'm probably going to land on the Eagles as a long shot considering they actually were in the playoffs this past year. Right. And I, I actually, they are kind of my sleeper team. I do think if you're looking for a long shot, it has to be a team in the NFC. Uh, you know, three first round picks still haven't really done a ton in free agency, but uh, they're a team that, you know, if they land uh, a pretty decent wide receiver option to pair with Devontae Smith, if you think Jalen Hurts uh, can kind of take that next step in his quarterback development, uh, they're going to be right there competing with the Dallas Cowboys for the NFC East crown should be able to sneak in uh, to the playoffs as a wild card round uh, wild card team if they don't win the NFC East. So I'd like the Eagles. I like the Eagles quite a bit as a long shot play. I'm definitely on board with you on that, Scott. 45 to one to win the Super Bowl right now. Certainly would be juicy to sell off that ticket once they get into the playoffs. Ben, appreciate the time and the insight. Look forward to catching up again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. Have a great show. There he is, Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus. Great insight when it comes to the NFL, and uh, we're going to get closer and closer to the draft. Lots of things to get into. You know the markets will be moving uh, as we uh, progress through this free agency period and the NFL draft coming up at the end of April here in Las Vegas. We'll get back into the NCAA tournament coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.